0: listening to the straight up saints podcast what is going on who nation welcome back inside another edition of the straight up saints podcast presented by boot crew media and level water level water is new orleans based alkaline water that goes through 11 stages of purification and is infused with bioavailable minerals to deliver superior taste and hydration. Try level water today by visiting levelwatercode.com slash BKM and use our latest code BKM9PH for a free t-shirt with a purchase of any level water case. Now for this straight up Saints podcast, going to kind of pick up where we left off with the last one, which was Michael Thomas. What's going on with that? Whether it's the injury, the, the recovery timeline, what the Saints can do to kind of Fix that need, which I don't really know is going to get fixed at all, but we can at least address that aspect. And I also want to talk about the latest rumor whether or not it's true about Brandon Cooks and the Saints, and then the Brian Poole signing, which left people somewhat happy, somewhat confused. For me, I was actually on the pleased side of things, I actually thought it was a savvy pickup by the Saints. So, we're going to talk about all that in this edition of Straight Up Saints. Now, for the first piece of news, it's the Michael Thom- Thomas injury news, and we talked about it last time how you can't really replace a Michael Thomas. And that's obviously something that we all know he's that good. And when you see Michael Thomas at full strength, which we did in 2019, 2018, 2017, and so on and so forth, he is one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in football. So you're not going to replace a Michael Thomas. And that's why when you see these reports, whether it's a Chris Hogan visit or someone else linked to them, it's more so, okay, can they give you solid production as a wide receiver three or four than thinking about replacing Michael Thomas because you can't do that. But Before we get into that, I want to talk about real quickly the Michael Thomas situation because a lot of people are questioning, well, why do he get the surgery now? What's going on with that thing? Is there uh, beef between the Saints and Michael Thomas? Look, I don't think you'll ever get a clear answer because unless you're Michael Thomas or unless you're someone in that Saints front office or Saints coaching staff who has a relationship with MT and knows what's going on behind closed doors, You'll never get a definitive answer, but when the full information comes out and kudos to Nick Underhill, as always, because he really is the best at what he does. And he got all the information out on how it turns out Michael Thomas actually didn't get surgery in January slash February, which was the common belief for a lot of people, including myself, because, Hey, Adam Schefter said he probably needs surgery on the torn deltoid in his ankle. That didn't happen. And then it comes out that he did do that, you know, have a surgery, but that surgery, it was one and it happened in June. And because of that, and the fact that it did happen in June, and the recovery timeline for a thing like that is about four months, now he might miss significant time for the regular season. And a lot of people say, well, who's to blame? I'm not here to start ripping on everyone, because frankly, you guys know I like to keep it kind of upbeat, keep it kind of optimistic. But I look at this situation, and I think to myself, I think both both sides are kind of to blame from Michael Thomas's standpoint. We know you are so competitive, and I wonder if that played a factor, the fact that Michael Thomas is so competitive that he thought, hey, I can heal without surgery or my ankle will be fine in a couple months from now. So I kind of get that regard. For the Saints, how do you not check in and make sure that that second visit that he was supposed to have with the specialist on his ankle happens? Because it didn't happen, according to the latest reports, and because of that, when you don't get that second visit and things aren't going the way you think they will in your rehab, All of a sudden, surgery isn't an option. It's a must have, which is what happened in Michael Thomas' situation, which is why in June he went under the knife. But then you look back and you think, man, if this situation was handled differently, maybe Michael Thomas is ready for week one. And if this situation was handled differently, we wouldn't have to sit here on a Saturday or on a Sunday if you're a Saints fan over the weekend and see a report. Oh, here comes the Michael Thomas trade rumors again. Because here's the reality we don't like those reports. I don't like them. You don't like them when you see. Oh, maybe Michael Thomas can get traded or there's friction behind the scenes. Look, is there friction again? I don't know. But when stuff like this happens, that's why you get these reports. Mike Florio lives for days like this where we find out that, oh God, Michael Thomas's recovery timeline isn't going up to schedule or Michael Thomas didn't have that second visit he was supposed to. The Mike Florio's of the world and granted kudos to Mike for doing his job and and he's got to pay the bills, obviously. He lives for that storyline. So you're almost feeding him when stuff like this, this happens. So I was a little frustrated in that regard. And for Michael Thomas, he's so good. He's so important to this team that you just kind of wish that he did take that second visit and he knows better. But what happened happened and at this point, you just got to hope that he makes a full recovery and as for the recovery in the timeline. A lot of fans have asked, when does he come back? It's all speculative because you don't know how that ankle is going to heal. If I were to make a prediction, I would say it'd be after the bye week. I think that would make the most sense because why would you rush him back for that week five game when you got the week six bye? and then all of a sudden, what if he gets hurt again? I just think it makes more sense to give him that extra two weeks off for an injury, which has been nagging him since September. I think that would just be the most common sense move. But anyway, uh Nick's uh, reporting that you need about six to eight weeks for a repaired ankle ligament to heal and then another six to eight weeks to get in shape where you could run routes, you know, effectively make cuts and all that move. So six to eight weeks for the repair, six to eight weeks for getting back into football shape. That's a long timeline. That's about 12 to 16 weeks. That gives you that three to four month timeline, probably be on the four months considering how long this has been. So it's going to be a while till we see Michael Thomas back on the field. Now, because the saints don't have Michael Thomas, everyone and everyone, everyone and anyone is going to link a wide receiver to the saints. And the one wide receiver yesterday was linked to the saints. And before I get into the whether or not I'd like to see it happen part, it's Brandon Cooks. Just letting everyone know, there are so many people, including me, Ross, Nick, who have looked for this source because it came from the NFL Rumors account. And you guys know how I feel about that account already. I really don't think they're legit at all. They said that it came from CBS Sports. I have yet to find out who from CBS Sports, if anyone from CBS Sports actually said this, linked Brandon Cooks to the Saints. They could have just mentioned it. It could have just been a, a you know a hypothetical situation that people just took it and ran with it. But I personally have not seen the report that definitively links Brandon Cooks to the Saints. So before we get into all this, I just want you guys to know, I don't think there's any actual truth to this rumor. And if it happens, great. I'll talk about why in just a sec why I'd be on board for this but I don't think it's going to happen, and I don't think this is actually a discussion being had right now. It just seems like an NFL rumors account saw the opportunity where the Saints need a wide receiver, and our fan base is just content pumping machines that, hey, let's link Brandon Cooks to the Saints. But without further ado, what can Brandon Cooks bring to the New Orleans Saints part two? Because obviously he was here for several years before that. A lot of fans I saw on Twitter were fuming over this rumor. Now, look, I see why some of you don't want him back, because I know in the back of your mind, you have that closed mouth, don't get fed you know saga from 2016, and you want to move past that. And frankly, after the Saints kind of moved past that Brandon Cook situation and made tweaks to their offense, whether it was bringing in Kamara and running the football a little more, they started having more success. Not to say Brandon Cook's leaving is why they had more success. Trust me, if he was on the 2017-2018 teams, they'd be just fine. But a lot of fans just didn't like the way it ended for Brandon Cook's. I don't necessarily blame them however. Beggars can't be choosers. And in this hypothetical situation where you could have Brandon Cooks back on the roster, I would take him in a heartbeat. And I know that's probably the minority opinion here because a lot of people are just so over Brandon Cooks. But if, let's say Michael Thomas is out, he is absolutely an upgrade over any wide receiver you have because the truth of the matter, guys, is when you don't have Michael Thomas, you are looking at arguably the worst wide receiver corps in the NFL. And I know that's really harsh. And I know there's a lot of people who are still unproven and have chances to prove themselves and make me eat my own words in that regard, like a Trey Quan Smith, like a Marquez Callaway, like a Deontay Harris, even guys like Juwan Johnson. They can make me eat my words with a very improved second season with the New Orleans Saints. So that's all possible. But as things stand, know, knowing what we know, this isn't a great wide receiver course. And if you can add a talent who, by the way, has had 1,000 yards receiving with four different teams, which is just crazy to me, the Texans, Rams, Patriots, and Saints, I would hypothetically do it. And a lot of people came out and said, but Chris, Brandon Cooks misses so much time because of injury. Does he like, I think we kind of have a different opinion of who Brandon Cooks is compared to what he actually is. So a lot of people say, yes, he gets a lot of concussions, which is true. And that is a scary part of the game. And you obviously don't want him to get any more because he's already had so many. He doesn't miss as much time as we think he does though. He missed 15, he played 15 games last year. So he missed one. He played in 14 games in 2019. So he missed two. And in 2018, when the Rams made the Super Bowl, albeit should never happen, he played all 16 games. So I don't think Brandon cooks misses as much time as people think he does, because frankly, they just don't like him. And that's fine. It's your opinion. You don't have to like him, but Brandon cooks actually is a little bit more durable than people think. Not saying he's the most durable wide receiver in the world, but he's not missing 10, 12 games. Like people think he is every single season. And more importantly. Brandon Cooks would give your offense a weapon that they need because they don't have many right now. And again, this is not something that is legitimate. There's no talks materializing at the moment that the Saints are trading for Brandon Cooks. It's just when you are a podcaster and you need content and this rumor circulating and everyone, in, you know, wants to know what's going on. We're going to talk about it. We're going to address it absolutely. So what would Brandon Cooks give them? For starters, he gives you that over the top weapon that would probably work really well with James Winston's arm. I don't necessarily know if he'd work well with Taysom Hill, but I think it's fair to just say he would give Taysom or Jameis a weapon. Don't really want to assume which one's going to win the starting quarterback job. Albeit, I really do think he'd work really well with Winston, but it gives you another weapon. It also allows you, if you're the Saints, and this is the route you want to go, and I think this is very important, to put Deontay Harris back into that kick returning role. I know a lot of people wouldn't like that, but I think the Saints have to have a legitimate discussion about Deontay Harris because Deontay Harris, as a kick returner, I think he's the best in the NFL. I think he's that good, especially when we saw him at punts. If he doesn't get injured in the Tampa Bay game, who knows what happens? However, when he gets more action as a receiver, and I'm not saying this is why he's getting hurt. It could all just be a freak type thing. I wonder if when he's a receiver and a returner, it's so much on Deontay's plate in terms of a physical toll. Because man, you take a beating on special teams that he's just better off playing one of those roles, whether it's receiver, whether it's returner, adding Brandon Cooks gives you the option to let Deontay only play one of those roles. It gives you a little bit more help. So I think that is very important, and I think that's something to consider. Also, if you bring in Brandon Cooks, you are obviously, in my opinion, opening up this offense. It's going to be a little bit more explosive. It helps to have a receiver who you can use on end to who you can use on screen passes, who you can use on play-action deep passes. You could use them in a variety of ways. So I think that would absolutely help. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, what if in this hypothetical world you brought in Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas comes back. How do you figure that out? Because there was some friction. Let's not lie. There was some friction between Michael Thomas and Brandon cooks. My response to that would be they're grown men figured it the hell out. I don't care who was wrong, who was right in that situation. Because frankly, it's a two way street. I mean, we all want to blame Brandon cooks fine, but I'm sure, you know, some blame goes to MT as well. I'm sure it's a two way street. So all I'm saying for that is they're grown men. Figure it out. They're not even close to being the same receiver. Why can't their games complement each other instead of clashing against each other? That makes no sense to me. So if this were to happen, I don't understand why these two would have to argue anyway. And if you did make this move, it would save you from all these minor signings that people are going to complain about anyway. So why complain about Brandon Cook's possibly returning to the Saints? Well, let's be real, guys. We're all going to complain about Chris Hogan getting signed or Chad Johnson tweeting to the Saints that he liked to play for them without even a contract. He just wants travel pay. I mean, this is the situation they're in. Like, the wide receiver depth chart is that desperate for talent right now. So I'm not going to be here, you know, being very picky about what wide receiver the Saints have. They need wide receiver help. So if it's a, a free agent, whether it's a trade, I will take it. And obviously, if they go the trade route, I think there are better options out there from a financial standpoint than Brandon Cooks, whether it's like an Andy Isabella or a Christian Kirk from Arizona. I think those are two fair options or a Tim Patrick. I know. I don't think that one's happening, but everyone's linked him from Denver. I think those options make a little bit more sense from a financial perspective, just because Brandon Cooks contract is a little bit on the heftier side. But again, beggars can't be choosers. This wide receiver depth chart is bad right now. And you know what? Maybe With Drew Brees five years ago, I'd say, all right, for six games, they'll hold down the fort. It's fine. You are entering a state of unknown. You're entering a state of unknown with Jameis. You're entering a state of unknown with Taysom. So you don't know what you're getting from either one. And now it's even harder without wide receiver one in the building. Now, I don't want to finish this on a sour note. So I'm going to go to a positive note. Over the weekend, the Saints were reported to sign Brian Poole. I'm assuming that's going to happen this week because you have training camp opening up. So deals will become officially official. Brian Poole's a guy who I I think is one of those players who you won't really appreciate until he's on your team. You know, I don't think a lot of of people in the NFL, if we go back then, will appreciate Malcolm Brown. But us Saints fans, the last couple of years, when we saw Malcolm Brown constantly make an impact in the run game, and he's always there, he's in the right place at the right time, and he's constantly completing his assignments, you're like, man, every team can use a Malcolm Brown. Well, I think the same could be said about a Brian Poole. Now, Brian Poole... Is not going to help the outside cornerback situation for the Saints at all. He is strictly a slot corner who is going to perform excellent in that regard. And because of that, his impact per se might not be the greatest, but there are going to be a, plenty of times if he gets reps this season where we're like, hey, man, Brian Poole made that play there. And I don't know if we win that game. If Brian Poole doesn't play you know, that spot particularly well and watching him for the last two years with the Jets. And and trust me, you guys know, because I'm a New York guy, I have seen a lot of miserable Jets fans. I know a lot of miserable Jets fans. They wanted him back. The only reason the Jets didn't re-sign Brian Poole is they decided to go a younger route. They brought in Michael Carter. They brought in a couple more slot corners via the draft and say, okay, Brian Poole's 28. He's coming off a shoulder injury. You know what? Let him be a free agent and we'll figure it out. But Brian Poole now comes into a situation with the Saints where they have questions to say the least about that cornerback room. And the reason I say that is I love what the Saints have at nickel corner. I absolutely not despise, but I'm absolutely worried about what the Saints have at outside corner opposite of Marshawn Latimer. So does Brian Poole answer that question? Absolutely not. But what does Brian Poole give you? For starters, guys, he gives you a guy that's graded out positively on PFF in the slot for the last two seasons. At one point in 2020, he was in the top five for PFF, with the way he was grading and then the shoulder injury came up. He only played, I believe, in nine games. But he finished that with two interceptions, one sack and seven pass breakups in that abbreviated 2020 season. So the productions there, he knows the NFC South, the ins and outs of the division because he played for the Atlanta Falcons for so many years. I think that's a little bit of a plus there, but more importantly, Brian Poole will give you flexibility. You know, we all talk about the cornerback room and why we're worried. Well, if Brian Pool's in the slot, you can move Patrick Robinson to the outside. You can move PJ Williams to the outside. Now, granted, those aren't fantastic options but it gives you the flexibility. Heck, if the Saints want to tinker with C.J. Gardner-Johnson's role and maybe play a little bit of safety like he did in his rookie year or, heck, move him to the outside for a couple reps, the Saints have that option because now you have a reliable veteran in Brian Poole who can play in the slot. So I like this move. He's not going to cost you anything at this point. It's a one-year, probably a veteran minimum type of deal. And if that is the case, then he's not counting much against the cap anyway, so you still have money to go get an outside corner like a Gary and Conley. Wide receiver like a Chris Hogan. Uh, Granted, we don't really care about that move, but you need wide receivers. And then a defensive tackle, whether it's Kawan, Short, Geno Atkins, a defensive tackle that's a veteran who can help your depth chart if the Saints want to pursue that route, they can do that. Or even sign Quan Alexander. This move will not affect the Saints' ability to go address wide receiver, linebacker, cornerback, defensive tackle, whichever one they want, because it's not going to cost much. And on the flip side, not only does it not cost a lot, you're getting a guy who you know is going to produce. Brian Poole is no slouch. I like this move. Does it address outside corner? No. So we still have to see what the Saints vision is for that. If there is one, I know a lot of people are scared about that, but add good football players. What did we say about the last couple of Saints teams? They were extremely deep. Brian Poole's is the type of guy who, when you're deep, you will be able to overcome injuries because you have a guy like him on your roster. So I'm for the move. I'm always for adding good football players, regardless of the position. He absolutely is a good football player. So that is something for me that I am intrigued seeing. So before I end this podcast, just going to go through a couple of concerns and just bring one up. And there's a good one here about overworking Alvin Kamara, which is a concern I had when the Michael Thomas news broke. So you know what happens when you don't have a lot of receivers and your best receiver goes down a lot of the workload is going to fall on Alvin Kamara. And the only way to really offset that, if you're using Alvin Kamara as a receiver a lot, is possibly using Latavius Murray a lot as a runner. And maybe you take some of the rushing load off of Alvin Kamara at the start of the season, using more primarily as a receiver, which he can obviously do, and maybe you combat that. But this is absolutely a concern I had, and it's why when the news broke, I put out that meme of of Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker in Spider-Man 2 when he hits the cars and he's talking about his back hurting. That's Alvin Kamara for me because if he has to take 15 carries and 10 receptions, almost like a game at the start of the season, you wonder when Michael Thomas gets back, how much does Alvin Kamara have left because he's shouldering the offense? So I think the Saints do an excellent job of load managing guys in some regard. But I think this is absolutely a case where the Saints are going to have to trust Latavius Murray a lot, because if Latavius Murray's running the rock consistently, that's going to take pressure off Kamara. And if you don't take pressure off Kamara, it's going to be tough sledding through the entire season, because what was the one worry we had the last couple of seasons? When you put too much on AK, you're not going to get the best with AK. Sometimes less is more. And it's absolutely a fact. I rather have Alvin Kamara with 18 really good touches than give him the ball 30 times just to force feed him. How you use him is really important, not just just using him because he's a great talent. So that is a concern for me. I want to see how the Saints combat that, but obviously it also comes down to other players on this team. Can Adam Troutman step up? Can Traquan Smith step up? Can those guys take pressure off the rest of the offense? Because if they do that, then all right, we don't have to worry about Alvin Kamara basically carrying this offense every single game till Michael Thomas gets back. So I am a little worried about that, and we'll see what happens there. As for the offense struggling in January, it's the weirdest thing for me it's the weirdest thing. It didn't matter if Breeze, Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, it didn't matter who was under center in the regular season, the offense would work. And then you got into the playoffs and teams knew you weren't going to beat them with the vertical passing attack. And they basically make you throw into a phone booth because the coverage is so tight. And when that happens, you can't do much. So I'd like to think if the saints get this vertical passing attack back on board, I think that would open up their offense for the playoffs. And obviously Who even knows if this team will make the playoffs this year? That's so far away that we don't know. And we don't have to wait for that answer until later this year. But I really think that is a main issue. Why the Saints team has not been explosive in the playoffs. I think when you don't have that over the top ball, they allow you to really just clamp down on that 10 to 15 yard range. And when that happens, they're daring you to throw over them. And the Saints offense, the last couple of years, are just not going to do that. That was not their MO. And that. Basically, was the result you're going to get. But regardless of who is the quarterback next year, whether it's Taysom or it's Jameis, at least you have some threat of a deep ball. I know uh, Taysom does not throw the deep ball the way Jameis does at all, but at least it's somewhat of a threat. And I do wonder if that is going to change things. I, I really do wonder. And, and before I wrap it up, I can't tell you enough. This is why I laugh at when Saints fans are very picky about wide receivers and why we sit here and we bang on the drum every year about drafting wide receiver. The Saints went into a potential Super Bowl preview with the Chiefs, with, okay, Emmanuel Sanders on wide receiver. That's a good pick right there. But then you had Lil Jordan Humphrey, Jawan Johnson. I I mean, you had a cast of who's who's. Tommy Lee Lewis is out here playing wide receiver. And we sat there and we just accepted it because that's the way it's been the last couple years. It's the UDFA squad. Every time, undrafted free agent here, undrafted free agent there. They're great at it. And they done a lot of undrafted free agents. But sometimes you gotta invest a little bit more. When you look at the Buccaneers, you look at the Chiefs, you look at the Cowboys, they have stack receiving corps, and every damn year they draft a wide receiver. Even the Arizona Cardinals, they have AJ Green, they have Hopkins, they have Christian Kirk, they have Andy Isabella. What do they do? They get Rondell Moore. It's a passing league. Why not get more passing pass catchers, excuse me, in a passing league? It just makes no sense to me. And I really do hope this is the year. And I don't know if it will be, but I hope this is the year that the Saints realize, okay, we are good at getting the diamonds in the rough like a Callaway or a Deontay Harris. But man, it is time to invest, whether it's the first round or the second round, it is time to invest in this position because wide receivers are becoming way more important now than they were back then. Back then, a wide receiver, you're losing for a couple games, big deal. Now you lose a wide receiver. Depending on who that player is, that can be a really big deal. So I think this can possibly be a wake up call. But I don't know, this is why I was banging on the drum for Elijah Moore and banging on the drum for a Terrace Marshall and banging on the drum for even a guy like Joshua Matterbaby in the later rounds. Just give wide receiver talent to this team and see what happens. But obviously the Saints want to play kind of that value game where they rather have the third round, uh, you know, day three pick or an undrafted guy and resort the premier picks into the trenches, which, all right, sometimes it works for them. But when it doesn't, and then Michael Thomas goes down, And then you look at your depth chart you have right now. I think if you could redo some things, you would take a wide receiver. That's just how I would view it. But it's going to be really interesting. And camp's going to tell us a lot. I'm telling you guys from now, before I wrap this up, please do not fall for the training camp stuff. You know who can ball and who can't in training camp. Do not fall for the usual stuff. Because I can't tell you how many times we fell for a little Jordan Humphrey or Emmanuel Butler. And granted, those guys did ball out in training camp. So kudos to them. But then it comes to the regular season. and. You're not getting one from either, and one of them didn't even make the roster, so be careful with the training camp stuff. It's almost like the hoodie mellow regard, so we'll see what happens, whether it's Kawan Baker making a play, or even an undrafted guy, or even Marquez Callaway or Traquan Smith taking that next step. We just got to be a little careful and kind of temper our expectations, but that's going to do it, guys, for this edition of Straight Up Saints. As always, I appreciate those who joined, had comments, had questions, whatever. Um, we're going to have more content later this week, probably because training camp's opening up. So it's going to be very fun to see what goes down and just get ready for daily updates with Taysom and Jamison, who had the better day and who made less mistakes. It's going to be really fun to see what happens, but more content content coming out very near future on the straight up saints podcast. You're listening to the straight up saints podcast.